1: Welcome to More Than Amused Podcast, a podcast all about women and the arts, hosted by Stani and Sadie.
0: Join us as we explore what it's like being a female artist, examine modern day problems, and educate ourselves and you on important and forgotten female artists of the past.
1: Hello, welcome back to More Than Amused Podcast. My name is Sadie.
0: And I am Stani, and thanks everyone for being here. Yes. How oh, cool.
1: Can I talk about the exciting thing that happened to me this last week? Yes, Um, please do. So everyone on this podcast knows how much of a Taylor Swift fan I am. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And this week, guys, I got my first Taylor notice. Taylor Swift commented on one of my TikToks. She did. And I lost every single ounce of cool in my body. And Yeah. It was a very happy moment for me, if you can imagine that. Oh, that's so cool. That's my peak of my life, if you're wondering. So. For now. I mean, like, hopefully. So far. So far, we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my husband Jordan was like, what was a better day, our wedding day or this?
0: And I was like, ooh, I don't know. (laughs) I know. Um it's just cool like I didn't really hit me until you like showed her TikTok profile and that like sh- you were under her likes you know what I mean like yes. liked videos Taylor Swift and it had you like right there and it then freaked I was like out. whoa like that is weird you know like like she... my hero yeah she found me she liked my video and then it's like even a weirder concept cuz then it's like Taylor Swift is on Taylor Swift TikTok
1: I mean I guess if I was famous I would That's want to, what I would do. Yeah, I'd want to see what my fans were saying about me.
0: Yeah, and then it's like, is that what every celebrity's page is like? Do they just see TikToks about themselves? At a certain point, day? that wouldn't
1: be good because you'd finally see someone who's being mean to you. Yeah. I couldn't handle that. I haven't seen any mean Taylor Swift TikToks. No, I haven't seen a mean one in a long time either. The The best part is like I was recording, you know, I, I did a reply TikTok pretty much as soon as I noticed what was going on. And now there is a video of me completely losing my mind that has almost two hundred thousand views on TikTok. So like it was cute. It was cute. But I was yeah. like, man, I always thought I always hope that if I went viral on TikTok it would be for one of my songs but this is a good second best that is hey, because I got a Taylor notice
0: <laughs> I will say there is another girl I follow who um Taylor Shifter responded to her mm-hmm. and her reaction to it was pretty much the exact same as you well then we're so all good just kind of like what it's the how heck feels. yeah and then she's like she's seen my face like she knows what I look like yeah
1: that's what I was
0: so, feeling. So, I think that it's a very common experience for those that are going through it.
1: Cool. Well, I have been very intrigued about this artist that we are talking about today because you've kind of given me snippets about what it is and I'm just very excited to hear this story.
0: <laughs> this is probably the weirdest story that we've ever covered. <laughs> I'm I'm
1: so excited.
0: <laughs> oh man um yeah should we just dive in
1: let's do it i am i'm ready
0: cool okay so today we are talking about well kind of two people this is the the situation here so um there was this author in the early 20th century i guess it would count as late 19th Okay, kind of the crossover there, um, who was award-winning, highly recognized. Um, however, she was a ghost. <laughs> oh. And you may be wondering, Stani, how does a ghost write a book? And that's where the other person comes in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that award-winning author's name was Patience Worth. And she's allegedly a spirit that was contacted by a woman named Pearl Lenore Curran um, throughout her life. And together, I guess you would consider it together, I don't know, um, they produced several novels, poetry, and prose um, that would go on to be like highly acclaimed. It was this huge phenomenon, and a ton of stuff came from it. So that's what we're talking about today. Kind Amazing. of the patience worth pearl lenore curran entity that created all of this literature
1: did they write scary stories no oh they didn't because <laughs> my first instinct was like maybe it was this plot to you know sell her ghost stories but if they literally weren't actually ghost stories then that's already proved yeah. like that theory already doesn't work
0: it's kind of like, what's the point? So we'll get into that. Cool. Um, but to kind of give like a good state of the arts here, Pearl Lenore Kieran was born in February of 1883. And she lived until December 4th, 1937. And she was born and lived in the United States throughout her entire life. Um, however, the wave of spiritualism that she was in, 'Cause obviously spiritualism plays in here, contacting mm-hmm. spirits and all that stuff. It was during the exact same time as Hilma off Clint. Ah, that makes so sense. So it was kind of like that wave of spiritualism that kind of swept through the world. And it's also considered a part of the Third Great Awakening, which was a major movement in American history, which is why I didn't come up for Hilma off Clint, because it was kind of more of an American thing. But It did end up happening, like, having effects worldwide, like, especially in England. And then, obviously, made its way over to Sweden as well, where Helmuth Clint was. Yeah. So, the Third Great Awakening was that period of, like, religious activism in American history from, like, 1850 to the early 20th century. And (laughs) if you have any knowledge of the Mormon religion this is the period that's been talked about a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where there was just like so many different Protestant denominations, uh, different Christian sects and churches, Nazarene and Pentecostal. Um, Like literally so many churches were starting because of the religious freedom that was available in the United States. And so it Mm -hmm. kind of led to like a great awakening of sorts where – Tons of different religions and ideas formed. A ton of stuff came from it. Um, Jehovah's Witness formed around this time. There was like a holiness movement that was like 19th century Methodism and a bunch of stuff that came off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, The Nazarene Church, um, it's really popular actually out east. It's still a very, very popular church in Ohio where I was for a while. Um, They formed during that time. Pentecostal, Christian Science, spiritualism, and then theosophy. Theosophy, okay. Which um is kind of. Have you ever heard of Madame Blavatsky?
1: Yes, vaguely. And okay, I, like, I, that rings a bell. I just don't know exactly what that is.
0: Yeah, she was like a major. I guess she'd also be a spiritualist, but kind of in a different way. Okay, um, theosophy is what she kind of founded like based on her teachings okay. I listened to a whole podcast on her actually and it was really cool
1: oh that is cool so
0: yeah that also formed during that time and then also a lot of like occult spiritual philosophy kind of stuff mystic mm-hmm. things all around that time so it was just kind of this huge period of lots of different beliefs and people being really open to new ideas and gathering together and talking about different ideas and especially in that area of the Eastern United States where just things were constantly forming and awakening and happening.
1: Um, this is random. You said Shirley Jackson. Uh, her grandma was a part of that Christian science group, which oh, cool. inspired a lot of her like, yeah. stories later on. So, yeah, we uh-huh. talked about that a little bit last Definitely.
0: week. Definitely. I feel like it would have been impossible for someone living in the Eastern United States around this time period to not be influenced by this. These, yeah. Yeah. In some way, because of how much it was a thing. And I also think World War I happened around that time as well 1914 to 1918. So you've got to think of like that would also cause a lot of, like a lot of focus on especially what happens to us after we die. I feel like that was the question that everyone was trying to answer. Yeah. Because people were dying a lot yeah and the average lifespan was like 50 years old and that was it so i mean and i
1: also feel like in times of like war and distress it would make sense that like a civilization and society is like okay um let's ask some of these existential questions
0: yeah like who has the answers and then obviously a lot of people claim to have the answers so you can imagine karen pearl Lenore, you know, Karen, yeah. growing up in Illinois, that would have been a thing. Um, her family actually moved to Texas for a while when she was eight months old, but then they ended up moving back to St. Louis, Missouri when she was 14. Throughout her early life, it said that she was an average but uninterested student okay. um, who actually dropped out of her first year of high school because... Um, She claimed she had a nervous breakdown due to strenuous academics and then ended up returning later to a Catholic school for a short while. And then when she was 14 and they moved back to St. Louis, she tried to attend school again, but they tried to place her in a lower grade because of her academic skills. And so she ended up dropping out. Yeah. So not like a lot of education, Um, She also was very, like, sensitive about her looks. She thought she was ugly. Um, She admitted to having, like, little ambition and few... Oh, wait, little imagination and few ambitions. However, she did have one dream of being a successful singer. Oh. So she was actually an artist on her own, even without her ghostly friend. She took music lessons, trained in piano and voice. She wanted to be a prima donna. And so... um, Later on, her family actually ended up moving again to Palmer, Missouri, and she got sent shortly after they moved to Illinois for voice training and then ended up moving again to Chicago um, to attend a school there, J.C. Cooper, and worked at the McKinley Music Company, um, actually just addressing their envelopes. Oh, wow. (laughs) For $6 a week, but at least like something in music, I'm sure. Yeah. And then the Thompson Music Company, she sold sheet music for a while. And um, from the age of 18 to 24, she worked at those assorted jobs in Chicago during the winter months. And then during the summer, she went back home and taught music at her home in Missouri. So that was kind of her main goal, her main dream. When she was 24 however, she ended up getting married to a man named John Howard Curran. And they weren't extremely wealthy, but they had, like, a pretty good lifestyle. They had free time, um, and they liked to go to the movies and play cards together and have a lot of neighbors over. Um, They didn't own a lot of books and had very average education between the two of them. Neither of them had traveled extensively outside of those, like, few places that Pearl had lived. And they were married for their first seven years of their marriage, and it was completely uneventful what it says i feel like this is just like the story of like not boring but just like
1: the most just typical life you know like yep which is what's interesting
0: (laughs) yeah like it sounds like a very normal typical life and then it gets weird (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm ready for it to get weird well that's what's next in july 1912 Pearl Curran and her friend Emily Grant Hutchings, who was a friend who was a writer. She wrote, like, articles and stuff. They were making a call on a neighbor, and their neighbor actually had a Ouija board. And to kind of go back to, like, the state of the arts a little bit, Ouija boards didn't used to have a lot of the connotations that they have today. Okay. Um, it, I'm going to explain it really quick. I don't know if anyone knows what a Ouija board is. I've never used one. I have seen them I obviously get the idea because it's talked about I a mean, lot I saw it for culture. the first time at Toys R Us, and I was like, no, no, no. Like, as a child,
1: <laughs> like, I am not, I would not want that toy.
0: <laughs> yep, it's basically a flat board, and it has all the letters of the alphabet on it, numbers zero to nine, and then the words yes, no, sometimes it says hello or goodbye on it as well, and then has, like, other various symbols and graphics and stuff. There's also a little tool that comes with it called, like, a planchette. And it's basically just this little like heart-shaped piece of wood that mm-hmm. has like a hole in it. So it, you, the idea is, is that you put your hand on it and then the spirits or whatever move the planchette and the little hole will align with whatever letter or number so that they can communicate with you through the board. Yes. A typical so, children's toy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but originally that's kind of what... It was. Um, That's why it's actually trademarked by Hasbro, like the gummy bear toy company, because it wasn't like a creepy thing. It wasn't like a weird thing. It was like an innocent parlor game. It didn't have any weird connotations at all. It was just supposed to be like this funny thing. Like, oh, we can summon demons. (laughs) Yeah, like (laughs) to. to ghosts but it wasn't like, like meant to be weird or evil in any way originally it was just like um, a fun thing to do yeah because it was invented in 1886 and then like commercial Dang. introduction in 1890 so it had been around for a while yeah um and actually on the ouija board wikipedia page it says that the reason the ouija board became popular was because of pearl Curin. Wow. And what would continue with her and Patience Worth throughout the late 19th century and early 20th. And that would forever draw like this connection between the Ouija board and the occult um, and all of that. And now obviously like mainstream christian denominations and catholicism have warned against using them due to like demonic possession and everything else whereas some occultists still believe that it can be a tool for positive transformation but obviously like i don't know I'm i don't want to take to my chances want to talk to anything yeah like you i'm know good what? just talking to people but like if you if if you want to, <laughs> go ahead <laughs> But kind of to put that in context, when they went over to visit their friend who had this Ouija board, it was kind of like an innocent parlor game. Like it didn't have the same dark room candlelit connotations. that were like would scary know.
1: movies that had a Ouija board featured or yeah.
0: yeah, it was kind of like, oh, fun pastime, you know. I mean, yeah. And another note, um Pearl Kieran's father had actually just very recently died which Ooh. probably drew some interest in her in this idea of being able to talk to someone beyond the grave. Yeah, of course. So while they're over at their friend's house, um, they ended up receiving what they believed to be a message from a relative of her friend, Emily Grant Hutchings. Mm-hmm. And they were both, like, fascinated by this thing, and they are like, oh, this is kind of interesting. And so they ended up taking it home with them. Oh, wait, no. Mrs. Hutchings ended up buying her own. So the friend bought her own Ouija board and then brought it over to Pearl Karen's house. And they were going to just like play with it together, you know, and like test it out. Um, Pearl is noted to be like somewhat indifferent to the idea. And they had to kind of coax her to participate in it. They're like, come on, like, try it. It'll be fun. And then she was like, meh. Um, And then eventually joined them. And Emily, her friend, was actually, like, a very devout spiritualist. She was, she was, like, all for it. But Pearl didn't have that same background. Like, she wasn't as involved in the spiritualism movement yet. Yeah. Um, and so, obviously, she wasn't as gung-ho about the whole thing. But... After playing with it multiple times and just getting kind of like what they called gibberish or like chit chat, like random words and stuff that didn't really make sense, they ended up getting a full sentence. And that was on June 22nd, 1913, a communication from Pat-C began to come through and they got a sentence that said, many moons ago I lived, again I come, patience worth my name, wait I would speak with thee. If thou shalt live, then so shall I. I make my bread at thy hearth. Good friends, let us be merry. The time for work is past. Let the tabby drows and blink her wisdom to the fire log. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And obviously they were both, like, very thrilled by the fact that they were, like, talking to someone.
1: Okay. This is, like, but the fact that, like, that happens, like, it confirms ghosts are real. Because, like... Stuff happens with Ouija boards like this. And it's not like it's a trick, right? Like
0: um, people- We'll get into it okay, and we'll okay, see. Okay. There's been major controversy on whether or not... Ouija boards mm. are real. Yeah. Okay, continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I get what you're saying. Like, at first glance, it's like, wait, what? Yeah. Okay, cool. Continue. So they asked this ghost, Patience Worth, when she lived... And she ended up giving them the dates 1649 to 94. um, It's like clear back in the 16th, 17th century. And then they asked her where she lived. And she ended up saying across the sea, which is very vague. But um, later on, she would go into some like more specification that she lived in green rolling country with gentle slopes not farmed much with horses here and there 2 or 3 miles up this country on the road was a small village few houses yeah. and so it's believed to be England i think is what they eventually communicated with her this is kind of where it gets a little tricky so although emily and pearl were both originally at the board when patients began communicating yeah um pretty soon they realized that patients had a particular Attachment to Pearl, a connection with her, I guess you could say, and that if Pearl wasn't there, patients didn't communicate, which makes it sound a little fishy, right? But they fully believed that it was just that she had like this particular attachment, affinity for Pearl, and that that's who she wanted to talk to. Patients began to continue to talk to Pearl, um, even describing herself, saying that she was about 30 years old. Her hair was dark red. Her eyes were brown. Her mouth was firm and set. She had large eyes. Um, Her hair had been disarranged by her cap and was in a big, glossy, soft waves. Um, She even described seeing a scene of patients traveling to the Americas, which she claimed to have done later in her life. And that her ship arrived at the jagged coast of America. They launched several flatboats to get to shore. And then Patience was actually one of the first to reach the shore. And after being in America for a short time, was eventually killed by the Indians and buried in a cemetery in Nantucket. They continued to communicate. And Pearl ended up claiming that by like 1919 um so this like happened when did it first start 1913 is when it happened so by 1919 so it's been a couple of years now okay karen claimed that she could anticipate what the ouija board was going to spell before it even started to spell and that she could end up hearing patients words in her heads without even having to use the Ouija board, so she eventually abandoned the Ouija board completely because she didn't need it and would just talk to patients directly whenever she wanted to speak to her. I
1: think world got possessed, but
0: <laughs> uh, I don't um, know. She described the experience saying, I am like a child with a magic picture book. Once I look upon it, all I have to do is watch its pages open before me and revel in their beauty and variety and novelty. When the poems come they also appear before my eyes images of each successive symbol as the words are given me when the stories come the scenes become panoramic with the characters moving and acting their parts even speaking and converse the picture is not confined to the point narrated but takes in everything else within the circle of vision at the time if the people talk in a foreign language I hear them talk but over and above is the voice of patience either interpreted interpreting or giving me the part she wishes to use as a story so it kind of sounds like a crazy like three-dimensional daydream sort of experience which is interesting and like I explained kind of in that quote they started to go from just talking to patients began to dictate poetry like from very simple poems to then very complicated complex long poems um, and also then eventually into even novels and short stories that she would dictate to Pearl through their communication with each other. Pearl also would go on to describe her association with patients as one of the most beautiful that can be the privilege of a human being ever to experience. She just thought it was the most wonderful thing that she had ever been able to experience in her life Obviously, with the kind of weird connection that they had where only patients only communicated with Pearl it could be a major sign of patients worth being a figment of Pearl's imagination or her making yeah. it up But those closest to her fully believed in the existence and communication with patients worth. Neighbors who witnessed the phenomenon said that patients, Uh, I mean, Pearl wouldn't have been able to keep up with the old English language because patients were talked exclusively in 17th century grammar and all of that. And And she didn't
1: have like the education
0: for that. Yeah. So they didn't think that she would have been able to keep up with that and then switch from the common dialogue that she had because patients would like talk and joke around with the people who were there too, like through Pearl, Ah. and then would like switch to poetry dictation. Like, all in 17th century grammar and language. So, a lot of people didn't believe that that could be a thing at all, Uh and they didn't think that Pearl would have been able to keep up with that for as long as she did, and as quickly as she did, and as easily as she did. So, those closest to her believed that it was completely true, and it drew a lot of attention from the neighbors. They would have dinner parties and have people over. And then patients would talk to everyone and dictate poetry to everyone. Well,
1: I mean, like, I guess if your friends and family believe you, like, it's not like people thought she was losing her mind, which is crazy. No,
0: they were all for it. And so it obviously started to draw a lot of attention. Um, there was actually an editor and reporter of the St. Louis Globe-Democrat, which was like a daily newspaper, mm-hmm. that um, completely believed in it and was writing about it and started to kind of help her gain popularity. Whoa. And so, in 1916, he actually wrote a book with a foreword. Um, his name was Casper Yost, by the way. Casper and the Ghost yeah i know that's what i thought of (laughs) but he publicized her claims that she had been contacted and kind of even wrote up a story about the whole thing and then um patience and pearl together uh wrote several novels including telka the sorry tale hope true blood the pot upon the wheel samuel wheaton an elizabethan mask and many others. Yost himself, he ended up calling the whole thing occult manifestations and brought a ton of attention to those like novels, plays, and poems written by Patience Worth. Yeah. Um, it's it said that Patience also dictated the color and cover designs to the publisher through Pearl. And then when asked, so when someone asked Yost if Pearl's photo should be included in the book, worth was said to have replied that she was just the pot so like they didn't need to include pearl because she was just the vessel which is interesting yeah um yeah so it was given like complete authorship everything was given to patience worth even though she's not she wasn't a person standing there she was a ghost just a very interesting thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yost himself attended a bunch of Kieran's sessions with Patience Worth. Um, he became an editor of a lot of the messages that she got. He was an advocate for channeling the spirit. Um, it said at times, Patience Worth generated over 2,000 words per hour through Pearl. And... Um, they even like Yoast, along with Pearl and her husband John, ended up publishing a Patients' Worth magazine from August 1917 to May 1918, that had uh, selections composed by patients, including like poetry, short fiction, and commentary on public issues, celebrities, and other worldly mysteries. And then Yoast would go on to even publish another book titled Patients' Worth Revisited later. So he was also all in on this whole idea and helped publicize a lot of it.
1: I mean, like, not that, like, that, like, confirms it's true, but I do feel like that if the people closest to you are like, yeah, like, I don't know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I don't know what to think.
0: (laughs) So obviously with growing attention, skepticism... Also rise. Yes. So skeptics kind of were very, mm, they were skeptical of this idea that Patience Worth was able to write a novel about the Victorian age, an era some 200 years after the one in which she claimed to have lived. Mm. Um, There was also another story called The Sorry Tale that was supposed to be written in the same era as Jesus Christ's life. Okay. Which is obviously a lot earlier than patients would have lived. And so there was a lot of skepticism about how a ghost would write about time periods that they weren't a part of. But then, of course, a lot of people shut that down saying, well, they're a ghost. They can see any they time can. period. Why couldn't they write about whatever? That's true.
1: And like maybe the afterlife, like you kind of get to watch,
0: watch everything things. or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know what happened. Yeah, and a lot of the skepticism got driven down because a lot of people considered the literature to be very high quality. Mm. And so they were like, who cares? This is great. (laughs) Like, this is very well written. Like, as long as the book's good. The literary critic, William Marion Reedy, he considered The Sorry Tale to be like a new classic of world literature. So, like, up on the shelves. Yeah. And then Patience Worth was also listed as one of the Outstanding Authors of 1918 by the Joint Committee of Literary Arts of New York. She was also cited by William Stanley Braithwaite in the 1918 edition and of the Anthology of Magazine Verse and Yearbook of American Poetry. Um, and they actually ended up printing complete text of five of her poems in there. And then she also was listed in the index of magazine verse for 1918. Um, all 88 poems of her appeared in the magazine during the 12-month period, which only two of those were considered by a critic to be lacking distinction. So only two of those 88 were considered, like, not that great of poems. Wow. And it's notable that, like, during that time period, period um the same index that listed all 88 of hers only listed 10 poems by another popular female author at the time and five by another popular female author at the time wow yeah so she was like taken the poetry literary world kind of by storm which is interesting
1: (gasps) i'm just like (laughs) what
0: (laughs) yeah so just kind of like crazy
1: We're going to take a quick break just to spotlight one of our new favorite women artists. So today on Artist Spotlights, I wanted to find something that was a bit on theme with the episode. And what I found is this Instagram account called The Witch and the Goddess. And it's nature art magic or dried, really just like dried florals and witchy crafts. Um, They're really beautiful. Like a lot of just pretty floral arrangements in like crescent moons or different shapes or, you know, even just like the classic like hanging dried Mm. flowers, but like in beautiful arrangements.
0: That's so pretty.
1: I know they're beautiful. And she does custom orders, has an Instagram shop, not, not an Instagram, an Etsy shop. Very amazing.
0: That's awesome.
1: They're very, very beautiful. So again, go check it out. That's the witch and the goddess
0: okay i have a podcast um it is called the final girls oh yeah their little description is a weekly podcast dedicated to exploring the intersections of horror film and feminism which i mean halloween yeah. and feminism we're me all up. for that so the host is anna i'm gonna say her last name wrong and i'm so sorry anna Bogatskaya and then she brings on a bunch of guests and they talk about a bunch of different like um, genres, movies, creatures, like they did a whole thing on like werewolves and vampires. They did like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, okay. a bunch of stuff. And they're on Instagram at the Final Girls UK. I listened to one. I think I listened to the Haunting of Bly Manor episode because I had just finished that.
1: Oh, yeah. Which
0: is great if you haven't watched it. So good.
1: I feel like my appreciation for, like, scare and horror movies has gone up more recently with, like, watching the Haunting of Hill House and liking mm-hmm. it. So I want to, like, watch some classics. Like... I was like, I want to watch Psycho. I've never seen yeah, Psycho.
0: I haven't seen it either. Or
1: The Shining's another one I've never seen that I feel like is another yeah. like classic. So maybe I could probably get some good ideas of classics to get caught up on here. True. From the Final Girls.
0: Yeah, and they have a bunch of stuff on there. They it goes back quite a bit. So, and it looks like it releases some bonus episodes every once in a while too. So there's cool. much more than just once a week for a while there too so yeah check it out i love and appreciate the dedication that they've got going on here into like exploring horror and feminism
1: yeah it's awesome
0: all right now back to the show so that book that casper yost wrote um in 1916 the first one called "Patients Worth the psychic mystery mm-hmm. um he kind of set out to like investigate the whole thing but he didn't come to a definite conclusion at the end. And he just basically said, like, oh, it's unexplainable.
1: <laughs> I'm like Which, sure there hasn't been like a well produced, like popular movie about this. Maybe there has. I but know. I just feel like
0: I didn't see this anything about a movie. Yeah. So kinda crazy, but like I don't know. I feel like this should be a more well known story. Um <laughs> Like, can you imagine high school English class? And they're like, a ghost wrote a book. Like, wait, what?
1: And like, can I read it? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like I want to read this,
0: these books. Yeah, His book kind of drew more attention, though, because then people were like, okay, he didn't do a very good investigation. So a psychic researcher, Walter Franklin Prince, um, published another book in 1927 called The Case of Patient's Worth. And was supposed to be a more thorough investigation of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he provided a biographical sketch of per- Pearl, eyewitness reports, opinions and reviews, the poetry, um, and a bunch of other information related to the case. He concluded it by saying either our concept of what we call the subconscious must be radically altered so as to include potencies of which we hitherto have n- had no knowledge or else some cause operating. Through but not originating in the subconscious of Mrs. Kieran must be acknowledged. So he was basically saying we either need to change our ideas of the afterlife or change the ideas of the human brain because (laughs) one of these is something that we don't understand completely.
1: That I mean, yeah, because it's like if she's speaking in ways that she's never been taught, or it's like and she's like not a well educated person, it's like, how then how is she doing that? Like, how. Maybe like multiple personality disorders, but even still, like then there's a part of her subconscious that is like getting something from something that she's never seen of, and like maybe that's offensive for me to say multiple personality disorders. I'm just referencing. Oh, it's a theory. Oh, going even more. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So then there was another parapsychologist, Stephen A. Broad, who also examined the case, and he believed that Pearl Curran was a highly gifted child. Who actually had her talent smothered by her mother, who wanted to force her into a singing career. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find any, like, if that was true or not. Obviously, like, we don't have a lot of records of her early life because all of the glory was being given to patients and not Pearl, technically. So I don't know if people were really investigating a lot of the claims, huh. which is interesting. And then Broad ended up writing, there's little reason to think that the evidence supports the hypothesis. Although patients offered various clues regarding her origin and identity, subsequent investigation revealed nothing to indicate that Patient's Worth ever existed, which is true. Um, They never were able to, like, verify a grave for Patient's Worth where she was. There were no records of someone
1: living in that because
0: she never gave like enough specifics of family members or like town. That she grew up in, other than like visual imagery, they were never able to verify it with like actual existing records that Patience Worth was ever a person. So there were people named Patientsworth during that time period, obviously, but like mo- we have more no than way one of knowing
1: that's yeah.
0: And none of them seemed to match up perfectly with the story of, like, never marrying, moving to America, being buried in Rhode Island. Yeah. So that kind of draws a lot of, like, skepticism because there was no way to actually verify that that person existed. And then the most, like, solid study that Kieran herself actually participated in was in 1914. Um, Kieran traveled to Boston to be tested by a psychologist, Morton Prince. Who was very popular at the time and it's notable that he was like actually a complete skeptic of spiritualism basically disagreed with every concept of spiritualism
1: mm-hmm.
0: Karen used the Ouija board in his home on two occasions in front of him um, he wasn't completely convinced and so he wanted to actually put her under hypnosis but it's believed to that Pearl was so terrified that it would destroy her contact that she had with patients' Worth that she didn't want to do it and so she refused Hmm. so that also kind of draws a lot of criticism because then people are like well like obviously she didn't want to do that because she didn't understand hypnosis so she didn't want to ruin her connection but then also a lot of people were like well maybe she was worried she would tell the truth under hypnosis and she was lying about the whole thing morton ended up telling everyone that he considered the result inconsequential and of no scientific value because he was like okay i watched her play around with a ouija board twice and then she left like yeah like what do we nothing do came from, from it that. yeah yeah um in 1919 another professor ended up writing an entire paper on it titled "Patient's worth in the psychological review and he ended up believing that it was a subconscious personality of mm. kieran and someone else in 1940 1954 william sentman taylor also kind of explained that it probably was an abnormal psychology factor and didn't really have anything to do with ghosts but more had to do with some kind of phenomenon within her own brain like you mentioned like maybe a multi-personality like schizophrenic kind of deal instead because obviously their understanding of human psychology was very limited to what we have today yeah and even today there's not a lot we know about dissociative personality disorder so or dissociative identity disorder, I think is what it's called now. So...
1: I mean, even still then, like I said, like... It'd be crazy, though, because that means there's a part of her subconscious that was, like, very familiar with things that she hadn't, I don't know, done before. Which is is weird, but I guess I I don't really know how those, you know, some, like, disorders work.
0: And then, obviously, like, a lot of people have criticized Pearl Karen's background herself. Mm -hmm. saying that, like, of course she couldn't have done it. She didn't have enough education. But then other people were like, no, like, her education was good enough that, like, she could have taught at various public and private schools. She had extensive tutoring, like, expensive voice and piano training. Like, we don't know. She could have been. Like, she could As have just good. been really
1: bad at school, but just was actually, like, still maintaining and soaking in all that knowledge. Yeah,
0: exactly. And then it is, like, even though she wasn't a member of spiritualism when they started messing with the Ouija board,
1: Yeah,
0: um, it is believed that in her childhood, she did play the piano at a church headed by her uncle, who was a medium, and it was a spiritualism Church, Mm. so that could have like started those ideas in her head much earlier. There, also, of course, the grammar experts came out and said that there were some. Mixture of grammar problems and stuff within it that weren't consistent with someone of one education and dialect, like Patience Worth would have had. So they said there were some contemporary English poetic terms, dialect expressions, and some misused and misunderstood would-be Scottish words, Um, even some of her own invention, which, I mean, other people have been like, oh, but Shakespeare invented words, and if you were a ghost, you could pick up different contexts and stuff from different time periods. So... I don't know, you know, like it just kind of was this huge thing. So obviously, like, no one really came to a consistent conclusion. Unfortunately for spiritualism itself, her writings failed to provide convincing evidence of life after death because she didn't really write poetry or books about the afterlife it was just like novels and poetry that were just expressive yeah on their own so it didn't really help the case for spiritualism at all
1: because it's not like she was like providing almost like a new religion of like this is what happens this is our purpose this is what it's like yeah
0: yeah and so eventually yeah eventually even like it said that even the most ardent believer of the whole thing which it didn't include her friends and family but like Now that she's dead and everything, even those who have really believed it for a really long time that that's actually what happened, they all kind of have come to the conclusion that it was probably a natural phenomenon and not a supernatural. Hmm. So it's believed today that it was an invention of her own brain. But I don't know. I don't know. I think (laughs) I'm a believer. (laughs) Yeah, so it just kind of depends on what you believe. But that's kind of that whole thing. There's obviously been more studies and papers and everything else that you could really dive into if you really wanted to. A lot of people spent a lot of time trying to figure out whether or not this was real. But I'm assuming, Um, did
1: she like maintain it though? It's like till the rest of her life, I'm assuming.
0: Yeah, so um, after the death of her husband, John Curran, on June 1st, 1922, um, John had been, like, the record keeper of all of the patients' worth sessions, so he kept, like, meticulous records of every session, and after he passed away, the record of the sessions became a lot more episodic and fragmented, so they weren't as good of keeping track of when she was communicating with patients Mm -hmm. and there was a lot of long gaps of time that were unaccounted for. So we don't have as good of records of anything that happened after that. Okay. Um, Also when her husband died, Pearl was pregnant with her first child who was actually born six months after her husband's death, which actually sounds awful. Um, and then Pearl had a family of four to support. So I think he might have had previous kids, or I couldn't find an explanation for why she had four if she only had one of her own. Yeah. Okay. But they had a family of four to su- support. And so a friend actually ended up sending money to them, um, until they didn't need it anymore and, um, giving her like an income to help out the family. And then, um, She actually ended up entering a lecture circuit to make some money to support her family for a while as well. And then after her mother, Mrs. Mary Pollard, died, it's said that the sessions continued. But with a bleak financial situation, uh, two more marriages that were both very short-lived and apparently not very happy. Kieran moved to California to live with an old friend in 1930, and it's said that she continued to communicate with patients, but like I said, their records kind of got more and more sparse as these things continued to happen. So it kind of continued to be more of like, A friend thing like inviting people over and doing it that way and it was like requests for comments on major topics of the day and other issues and not really as much like formal communication or writing or anything and then on November 25th 1937 um, Patience Worth was said to give her final communication to Pearl. Pearl told a friend uh, Dossie Smith that she actually had gotten a communication from Patience that she was going to die. And so she told her friend, oh, Dotsy, patience has just shown me the end of the road, and you'll have to carry on the best you can. And so even though Pearl didn't, she wasn't in ill health or anything, like she didn't have any problems, um, she developed pneumonia late in that November and died on December 3rd,
1: 1937.
0: Oh. Yeah, and that's where it ends. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, she did keep it up until... Like, a month before she and died. she
1: predicted her own death. Oh, I
0: don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, it's kind of this interesting thing. If you want to listen to a podcast about it, which is which I actually heard about it from, it's shorter, and it didn't have as much in-depth about Pearl Curran's life herself, but there is a podcast called Supernatural with Ashley Flowers. It's actually a par-cast podcast and they have an episode it's titled mystical Patience worth mm. and kind of goes into more of like the writing and testing of the whole thing like whether or not it's true yeah so if you want to hear about that and yeah there's poetry online that you can read her books and someone if anyone wants to make a movie about it um they should do that cuz
1: that's what I feel like that could be a scary movie.
0: Okay, so it looks like there is a Patience Worth movie in IMDb, but it's written as in progress or in oh. development. Oh.
1: So, okay, I don't know cool. what that
0: means, and I don't know how long it's been in there. I don't know how that works. Like, they could have copyrighted it clear back in the 70s and then have never Yeah actually done anything about it. Like what a story. Do you think it's real? I don't. But I don't really believe in ghosts that way. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah. I think after we're dead we have more important things to do than sit around and dictate poetry to someone, like a random housewife in <laughs> their <laughs> That's fair. drawing room and like entertain neighbors. I just think that like, I don't know. Like if you have Like, if you can watch all of the world's happenings, like, on a screen, or, like, talk to a bunch of other people who are dead, like, I would rather talk to other dead people than the living. You know what I mean? That's fair. Especially, like, the living that I have no connection to at all. Just, like, a random housewife in St. Louis. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, I just can't really see the point.
1: Maybe it wasn't a ghost. Maybe it was a
0: demon. (laughs) But once again, there was nothing harmful about it. Like she just that's wrote true. short stories and poetry and it's not creepy poetry. It's just <laughs> regular poetry. Yeah, you're right. That makes it
1: even odder. Yeah. Like, so I like... just,
0: yeah. So that's the point that I'm kind of like, oh, I don't know, because it just doesn't seem to have like a purpose. Like there's no other worldly mission. Like she wasn't saying like, oh, the world will end on the, you know, like Maybe there's nothing.
1: The ghost always dreamt of being a writer though. And took this boring old housewife and was like, I will be able to dwell there.
0: I guess. But then why her and not the other one who was her friend who was a writer, a journalist, like, who was a dedicated spiritualist? You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's so random. I don't know. I think it's more likely that she made it up or... I don't know. Did
1: she, But like, here's the thing: Did she get any of the royalties from the books?
0: Yeah. Okay. Who I didn't else know were if she they was, gonna give it to.
1: That's fair. I I wondered yeah. if because she was like, no, don't put my name on it. That maybe she. She didn't, didn't get, get any of
0: the like authorship credits or anything. Like if you look mm-hmm. up the poetry or the books, they're written by Patience Worth, not Pearl Lenore Kieran. Okay. But she I had mean, to like, have done. But she got the royalties, and I mean, there's plenty of other people who used. Like a fake name. That's true. Like, like we talked about Jane Austen. She wrote all of her books during her life as just a lady. That's all she put on her thing. So like a fake That's name true. doesn't really mean anything. So I don't know. I'm more inclined to believe that it's just a marketing ploy. Yeah. Or like I don't know. Just a fun, a fun story. Thing she did. Yeah. Her. But I don't. I don't know. I mean, all of the studies didn't come to like any no one could disprove conclusion. it yeah all of her friends and family believed it but then again they were all kind of more spiritualism involved so i don't know huh
1: i don't know yeah. either
0: all i know is i'm not gonna sit down on a ouija board anytime soon mm. so
1: <laughs> no no no, no, no. i am too much of a believer in ghosts and too much of a skeptic <laughs> to mess around with that kind of stuff
0: but what do you think do you think it was a ghost or do you think I don't know
1: I kind of do especially when she predicted her own death I know that one was kind of crazy like it's not like she you know like was especially because like, it super was like sick
0: or a random death like a pneumonia and then she died like a month later rather than like I don't know an ongoing condition yeah yeah I don't
1: know I'm but I'm usually more of the type that like if people tell me things i'll just believe it so Mm. (laughs) i'm not as much as a skeptic as i probably should be so i kind of i don't know if i hope it's true if i hope it's not true
0: to be honest yeah i don't know either i think it's like kind of funny to look at history and i feel like a lot of spiritualism things happened during that time period yeah and now it's not as calm like you don't hear about stuff like now not so like i don't yeah so i don't know if like people were more open to talking about it because that's what was popular at the time or if people made it up because that's what was popular at the time do you know true. what i mean true 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 not trying to like whatever Discredit. it's called yeah or, like. Yeah, invalidate your beliefs at all in any way, Sadie Lake, if you want to oh. believe that Patience Worth was real. No, 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 cool. no, no, no. You don't
1: have to worry about me.
0: <laughs> I have, like, I feel like I'm killing the vibe because I'm not buying into the story. So. That's
1: okay. I mean... Sorry, everyone. <laughs> what a vibe killer. Just
0: <laughs> Right?
1: <laughs> but dang, that is insane.
0: It's a crazy, crazy story for sure.
1: And I love that it was like... That like, all the things, like, yep, life was pretty uneventful. Just nothing going on. I know. And then she got and
0: possessed by
1: a ghost and became a popular author. Like, <laughs> you're right. Like, it's, like, of all the things, like, be possessed by a ghost and become an author.
0: Like, right? Not, yeah. like, world domination. I don't know. And very normal poems. Like, there's nothing, there's After nothing weird you know. about them at all. Interesting. Yeah. There's a lot of them. I'll probably post some of them on the Instagram throughout okay, the week. Yeah and then of course we'll link her books too Mm -hmm. um but yeah i don't know it just seems like such a random thing it's like oh yeah and then there was this housewife in yeah the early 20th century who channeled a ghost to write poetry you know
1: but maybe it's so random it could be true because who could come up with that (laughs) (laughs) that's true
0: (laughs) A bored housewife in the early 20th century. (laughs) Touche. (laughs) Touche. She's like, this stuff won't sell if I write it myself. But if I come up with the idea that it was a ghost. (laughs) There's obviously so many layers to that that who will know? We'll just have to find Pearl. We'll have to
1: find out when we die in the afterlife because that's what
0: i'm gonna be busy doing when i'm dead guys is talking to all of these people that we have talked about on the podcast i'm not going to be coming back to talk to anyone else i'm going to be too focused (laughs) on
1: all the dead people we
0: know. (laughs) yeah i want to go have a chat with all of them so that's fair i'll be busy but (laughs) if anyone else wants to spend their time dictating poetry be my guest yeah no judgment it's fine yeah you get a very pure communication yeah yeah compared to all the horror (laughs) stories you hear about ouija boards like it's better than that it could be worse that's the story of patience worth and pure pearl lenore Curran.
1: good october find too i
0: know i know i was like listening to it and i was like what the heck a ghost who wrote a book okay we're talking about this yeah (laughs)
1: absolutely happy almost halloween then everybody yes and Happy
0: almost Halloween.
1: Thanks for being here. If you're new here, definitely go check out our Instagram, which is more than a muse podcast. We have lots of stuff. I don't know. We, we have tons of, ton yeah. of stuff. We continue <laughs> the episodes pretty much there every week with visuals mm-hmm. and everything like that. So go follow us, subscribe, leave a review, and thank you for being here.
0: Yeah. And we'll be back next week with more Halloween fun, Um, throughout the rest of October and yeah new episodes every single Monday so come back we'll be here and yeah have Have a good week
1: Love collecting things? Time to add Goat Guns Miniature Models. These gun models are one-third to scale and one-tenth the cost of the real thing. These little bad boys are 4 to 11 inches in length and weigh up to one full pound. Build, collect, and customize your Goat Guns collection with attachments. Build your dream collection at GoatGuns.com